I was thinking about um, Christmas. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't know if it's not me, but it could be me. But um, as I get older, it seems like you kind of look at things a little different. You kind of think about things from a little different perspective. I think sometimes when you're young, I for me, you know, you're young. You got so many things going on, and there's so much activity. Sometimes maybe we don't just stop back and sit back and look at things and say, "Wow, what's that all about?" And I was thinking about why do we like Christmas? What is it about Christmas we like? I mean, it seems like most everybody likes Christmas. I think there's a few out there maybe that could care less one way or another. But what is it about Christmas that we really like? And I just like to think about that for a moment. Um, I think sometimes it's traditions. You know, it's pretty traditional. Every year happens on December the 25th. You know, we celebrate Christmas. It's it's a routine celebration. But you know, it's 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 kind of it gives us some sense of stability. Uh, sometimes that tradition maybe gives us some security. You know, there's some security in knowing that things aren't going to change. I don't know that that's always good. From the standpoint that you know what I've learned, life's always changing. Things are always changing. Maybe that's what's nice about Christmas. You know, it's like well. Oh, we can come back to a spot here where, well, that's, that doesn't change much. And so maybe we, you know, we kind of like that stability and that, that sense of, you know, like, I know what's going to happen. It's going to be Christmas. And I have expectations. Sometimes we like Christmas because it's family get-togethers. You know, most of us probably look forward to that. There are some who do not look forward to family gatherings for one reason or another. You know, sometimes there's situations arise, things happen, um, but family get-togethers are, are good. You know, it's good to get family together. It has that sense of security and that sense of belonging. So I think that really gives us something to like about Christmas because Christmas is good because we get to get together. We get to be with family. We get the family together. And oh, we get to celebrate. You know, Christmas is quite a celebration. When you think about it, I mean, it's a big celebration. Look how people decorate their homes. Is it kind of, you know, I, then we go through a time when I was a kid, they decorated a lot. And then there was kind of a time when we, I don't know, electricity was higher. I don't know what happened, but we kind of like, we didn't decorate as much, I think. It kind of went down. But now it's like it's rejuvenated. Like people are now decorating a lot more again, I think. You know, and that, that's kind of a, a kind of a nice thing to see the decorations and the celebration. You know, stores decorate. There's lights. There's lights everywhere. You know, you think about it. Because, you know, I, I personally, I think it's because Jesus said he was the light of the world. So it seems appropriate that at Christmas we put up a lot of lights. Because he said he's the light of the world. But it, it's, a, it's a joyous time. You know, it's uplifting. Hopefully it should make us, you know, feel good. Hopefully it's a time when we can, we can celebrate. And it's a time of giving. Oh, you know, that's, that's a good thing. And a time of receiving. You know, kids like to receive. You know, they don't know anything about giving much. They just know it's a time to receive. Christmas is about receiving. So they love Christmas because they're going to get something. You know, it's really hard for me sometimes to watch Christmas in situations. It's hard for me to watch kids open presents and open one and then throw it to the side, then open another one and throw it to the side till they got this huge pile on top of the pile they had before Christmas. That's really hard for me to watch that. It's something to do with the way I was brought up, but it's really difficult for me. 
I have trouble. I, I, I feel bad because sometimes I feel like, oh, this isn't right. But it's, you know, I don't say that. But, but you know, it's, it's hard watching it sometimes because it's almost like Christmas is about how much can I get? How much can I get? What are you getting me? What are you getting me? What's in it for me? You know, people give that wouldn't normally give. You know, a lot of times at Christmas, people will give. I'll, I'm, I don't know the facts. I, maybe I should since I'm part of the Salvation Army. But I'm willing to bet the Salvation Army's giving is mostly in about two months. That the money they receive, a lot of it, the biggest proportion comes in a couple months. You know, because the world, the world is geared that that's when you give. The world's geared to, it's Christmas, and it's kind of like, it's a time to give. And that's kind of nice. You know, that, that's, I like that. I like that attitude of wanting to give and help others. You know, you'll see stories about people giving. Um, I thought I saw something just recently. I know there's some churches that do it. They give away a home. You know, that's pretty big. You know, especially if you're getting the home. <laughs> you know, that'd have to be like, wow, this is really good. You know, but it's, it's, it's a time of giving. You know, we gave to the mission in Kentucky. You know, we gave to them because they're going to go out and they're going to give to people in that area. And so it's, it's, a, it's a time of giving and, and that, that, makes us, that makes us feel good. You know, that, that, that makes us feel like, wow, this is good. It kind of emphasizes the importance of that and that life's not just about getting. That life is about giving too. And so it's, it's nice, you know, it's nice that Christmas comes and, and we get to do that. And then, you know, Christmas is a time of peace. You know, we have a lot of different pictures of what Christmas looks like, um, you know, peace. Well, now, what a peaceful scene. I mean, just look at that. Isn't that peaceful? Doesn't that, I mean, it just, you know, everybody's so calm and, and they're all just, the sheep are all being quiet. The cattle are lowing. We just sang that. I don't, my, I don't know what my cattle do. I, I don't know if my cattle low or not. I've always tried to figure that out. I mean, they make noises, but I don't know if it's lowing. But, uh, but uh, you know, it says, you know, and that's always such a nice picture. Now, being raised on a farm, I have to chuckle. I have to chuckle. Number one, mangers aren't that clean. Number two, animals don't sit still. Okay. So I, I laugh at that picture a little bit, but but it's a but it's a picture of peace. I mean, just kind of it kind of just gives you that real sense of contentment. Everybody's just kind of just doing their thing, and and I think that's our picture of of what Christmas was about. You know, I don't know what happened when you know the shepherds were going. And they're trying to get their sheep there, and they're trying to. I, I have to believe that animals don't always cooperate. So you know, they were trying to get their sheep there, and they're trying to keep them under control get into the manger all of a sudden angels show up and they make a big racket and you know scare everybody because they said fear not so you know it's like they scare people when they show up all of a sudden so that had to be unsettling but when we look at it we go wow isn't that peaceful isn't that peaceful not everybody's christmas is peaceful i hope yours is i have people trying to destroy my christmas with them i nobody here <laughs> when i Nobody here is destroying my Christmas. Nobody I'm connected to on a, on a personal level. But I have some people that are renting a home now from me. And they're trying to destroy my Christmas. Last night they just made a tremendous effort. 
And I thought, what a challenge. I mean, they took my peace for a little bit. I mean, I will tell you. You know, people can take your peace for a minute. And that's pretty normal. I mean, you know, when big things happen, you can lose your peace. But you know what? You can't have it very long. And that's the thing I think we have to see that, you know, people and intrusions can come into our life and people can do stuff and they can whatever and mess with your peace. But you don't have to let them take it from you. You know, you can mess with it, but you can't have it. But, you know, Christmas, it's a time of peace. It's a, it's a peaceful time, hopefully. You know, it's, I think it's meant to be peaceful. It's, it's, it's meant to be peaceful. But, you know, when I thought about this, I thought, that's all good, you know, and we have a lot of good memories from Christmas, and I think we should. And, you know, now for some of us, we, we want Christmas to always be a certain way, so we try to always keep them the certain way. If you try to do that, I would suggest you quit frustrating yourself. You know, because it will change. You know, it's nice to have traditions, but you know, it will change. As you get older, you find out that maybe your kids have other places to go sometimes. And you got to figure out how to, you know, if you got seven, you know, you got to figure out, let's see, how are we going to have Christmas? When, when do you have Christmas? The first, the first Saturday of January. See? That's somebody's got seven kids. Because you know what? They're all going directions. And so they found that, you know what? Let's just do it the 1st of January. You know, you've you got to do that. You know, sometimes it changes. It changes as your kids grow. You know, it changes. Things, things get different. And when Christmas is over, what do we do? And here's my thought. If Christmas is just an event, if Christmas is just a celebration, if it's just the things we do around this time of year, because, well, that's what everybody does or that's what, you know, it's, that's what you're supposed to do or that's what makes me feel good. If that's the case, what do I do when Christmas is over? What do I do the days after Christmas? What do I do in January when the bills show up on my credit card for all my fun and enjoyment? You know, what, what do I do when Christmas is over? Because I don't think those events that we plan and the celebration and the activity, which is all great. I'm not against that. But let me tell you this. That will not last. That will not last. Those, those enjoyments and those feelings in that moment will not last. Because when it's over, then if nothing's changed inside of me, then it's just an event. It's just an event. And the peace and the joy will be gone because it all circled around activity and what I do. And when that's gone, where's my peace? Where's my joy in January when it's dark? Or as Mary says, her favorite month of the year, March. You know, when it's gloomy and rainy and gray. Where's my joy then? Where's the things that, that make me have those feelings of generosity? Where, where's that sense of wanting to help somebody that I get at Christmas, but then all of a sudden I get to January, February, March, April, May, and, well, it's gone. Why is that? Why is that? 
Well, I think sometimes it's because we build it around the activity and we don't receive the one who it's all about. In Isaiah, the ninth chapter, the sixth verse, it's the scripture Susie read this morning. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the one that brings peace, not an event. Events come and go. Activities come and go. Fun things come and go. Good times come and go. But the Prince of Peace stays. The Prince of Peace stays if we receive Him. If we receive Him. And that's really what it's all about. You know, who received Jesus when He came? Who received him? Well, the shepherds did. The wise men went. People received him. But there were those who did not receive him. There were those who did not receive him for who he was, the Prince of Peace. And I believe, I believe that starts by, by knowing who he is. Who he is. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. If we want to have peace, we have to have him. It's him that gives us peace. You know, and we get very disappointed sometimes when we look to other things for peace. I get disappointed if I look to events for peace. I get really disappointed if I look to the government for peace. You know, a lot of people do. You know, we think that, you know, it's the government's responsibility for bringing peace and, and maybe they do activities that can bring peace or hinder peace. I like this scripture it says, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Uh, you know, that's an interesting thought. Interesting thought. The government is upon his shoulders. Wow. You know, that's a whole other story, but the Bible says that, that, you know, God raises up leaders and God takes them down. I believe the government is upon his shoulders. And I believe we need to learn to trust him more than we trust the government for the peace we think it'll bring. And you know, I want you to look at Ephesians, the second chapter. Ephesians, the second chapter, the 13th verse, beginning at the 13th verse. But now in Christ Jesus, you once who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. He is our peace. Who has, bro who has made both one. He's talking about Jew and Gentile. He's broken down the middle wall of separation and he's abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. It says he is our peace. He is our peace. He's the source of peace. Other things are temporary. Other things will come and go. The things sometimes that we think, well, I'll put, my, I'll put all my bets on this, that this is what will give me peace. And then if it's gone, then I'm upset. But Jesus is the one, he's the prince of peace. We must acknowledge that he's the prince of peace. He's the one that gives us peace. And then we have to start by being reconciled through him to God. 
It says he might reconcile them both to God. That we might be reconciled. The only way we can have peace with God is by being reconciled. Things being right. You know, you, you know, it's hard to have peace with people sometimes if things just aren't what? If things aren't right. If things aren't right. And, you know, we can't have peace with God if things aren't right. And Jesus came and he brought peace so that we might be reconciled to God. And he did it by shedding his blood and making the payment for our sins. You know, things weren't right with God. Man's sin. We, we decided to do it our own way. And, you know, we can blame Adam, but you know what? We're still doing the same thing. We're no different than Adam now. We're still trying to do our own thing. We're, trying, we're still trying to do it our way. We're still trying to tell God we got a better way. And so when Adam sinned, he separated himself from God. He separated from God. And so we need to be reconciled back to God. And so God so loved the world that he sent his son to die on a cross. Pay that price to reconcile us back to God so that we might have peace. We might have peace. We might have peace with him. The Bible says the peace of God passes all human understanding. Peace with God supersedes everything else. You know? And, and it, it's something we have to recognize and we have to accept. We put our trust in him, that we trust in him, that we're justified by faith. The Bible says when we're justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God. I think it's a song, a song that was uh, somewhere in my past, but it says, you know, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Think about that. When you got peace with God, the world, you can't get that peace from the world. You can't get that peace from, from stuff and people and doing things around you. But you get peace when you get peace with God. And then no matter what, you can't take it away from me. Now, you can mess with me. You can call me bad names. You can threaten me. It may make me struggle with my peace for a little bit, but you can't take it from me. That's the kind of peace that we want. That's the kind of peace that Jesus came to bring to us. That's the kind of peace that we have because we know that he's the Prince of Peace. And we, we accept that. We accept that. We have to accept what he's done. What I find is, so many times, it's hard to accept what he's done because I keep wanting to do things that I think I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make it better. I, can, I, I got this under control. I got this under control. I know, I, I know what I'm doing. I can handle this. What I have found is peace comes when you go, you know what? I can't handle this. You just admit you can't. And you can have peace by faith and trusting God. You know, and you just, I just, you just watch over time. You just watch people. The most peaceful people I've ever known are the ones that trusted God. They're the ones that trusted him. And you know, you could mess with them. They just didn't get stirred up. Oh, things would bother them. Things would happen in their life like anybody else. Peace is not the absence of problems. You know, I used to think that. There was a time, I want to tell you, I thought peace was the absence of problems. That, you know, my life was, and you know, there, and 
I always, I've said this, I don't know if I said this lately, but if you've heard it before, my life was peaceful before I became a pastor. <laughs> and it's kind of the truth a little bit because I was kind of isolated. That wasn't necessarily a good thing, but you know what? I did my thing and I didn't worry about what everybody else was doing. I could have peace because if it didn't bring me peace, I just eliminate it. You know, you can kind of, well, I'm not dealing with that. I'm just, this gives me peace. I'm doing this. These people give me peace. I'm hanging around here. These people don't give me peace. I'm avoiding them. You know, and I kind of just, you kind of work your life around to where it's pretty peaceful. And then all of a sudden, I became a pastor and I realized, oh, now I'm going to get involved. My life's still peaceful, but now I'm going to get involved with other people's lack of peace, chaos. And that's okay. That's okay. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Then I had to learn not to let that take my peace away from me. You know, this isn't, I don't mean this is a bad thing, but I work real hard at forgetting your problems. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I pray about them. Don't get me wrong. But you know what? I work hard because it's not easy. I mean, I work hard at it because when I go home at night, I want to sleep and I don't very well. And the worst thing I can do is think about what's going on. You know, but that's the same thing with you. Tell me if you're a mom or a dad and your kids are having problems, that you don't just think about it if you're not careful and then it starts to become bigger than it, you know, it affects you. It affects you. And, you know, we have to learn that, you know what? Life isn't always peaceful. And there's stuff around us that's going on. And we have to learn to have peace in the midst of the storm. I wanted to eliminate the storms. That's, that's what was my plan. I'm eliminating storms. And if you do this, this, and this, you eliminate storms, and then my life is peaceful. I'm convinced the Bible says that it's peace in the midst of the storm. Oh, it's great, but how oh, is that hard? That's hard, because that means I have to go through stuff. I'm there in the middle of stuff. Things happen around me, and I have to trust God because he's the one that's going to give me peace. But it works. That's the good news. Now, I don't want to sit here and try to say, you know, trust me, folks, I struggle just like you do. You know, like I said, this friend of mine that took my peace last night, man, I was worried. I, you know, I was kind of upset because he messed with me about 8 o'clock at night. Don't you know that people want to take your peace usually mess with you right before bed? I don't know if you've ever noticed that. But he did right before bed. You know, I'm kind of like thinking about settling down and it kind of just stirred up. But you know what? I got to go to bed and I went to sleep. Now, I woke up about three or four and then I, my mind started going. You know, and then I had to deal with that again. I went back to sleep. Well, that's, see, that's what we do. We pray about it. I mean, those things are going to happen. Those things are going to come. You know, things will happen in life. And to have peace in the midst of the storm is the most important thing there is because you're going to have storms. You're going to have storms. But we know the Prince of Peace. In Colossians, the Colossians, the third chapter. Colossians, the third chapter, the 15th verse. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called in one body and be thankful. Let that peace rule in your hearts. 
That peace of God, knowing the one who brings peace, being reconciled with God, having peace in your heart because God's forgiven your sins, having peace with God. Let that rule in your heart. Think about what rules your heart. What's in charge of your heart? What's in charge of what you think about? What's, what, do you, what do you put all, all your mind on? Where does your mind go all the time? It's saying, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let that peace be in charge. Let that peace be in supreme in your heart. Let it rule. Let it rule in your heart so that we can have that peace in the midst of the storm. We can have that peace in the midst of whatever's going on. It's a challenge. I don't know that we ever get it perfected. You know, I think we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, where am I? You know, Maybe number one, I don't know the Prince of Peace at all. He's not a part of me. I've never felt like I've been reconciled with God. And he's never forgiven me. That's where you got to start. Recognizing who he is, recognizing who you are, and recognizing your need. You start there. And then when you start there and get reconciled with God because he's forgiven you because of what Jesus did, and you accept that by faith, and you trust him, then you begin to walk. And you walk in peace. And that's a process. It's a process. I am convinced it's done when we die. I think it's done when we die. The process is over then. You know, then we'll have peace forever if we know him. But otherwise, it's a process. So, so we have to be honest about where we are in the process. How am I with peace? Do I have peace in my heart? Do people take my peace? What do I do when people take my peace? How do I treat them? You know, this friend of mine who has now ruined my peace, you know, oh, I have to forgive him. I don't feel like it. He messed with my peace. I want him to pay. I want him to suffer a little bit. He needs to know a little pain. You know, he needs to know what he did to me. You're not going to have peace doing that. If you can't forgive, you're not going to be at peace. Yes, there's people that will mess with your peace. But if you can't forgive them, you'll never have peace yourself. Because unforgiveness leads to other things. If you don't forgive, it'll end up leading to other things. And when it gets to bitterness, you won't have any peace. You won't have any peace. So I think it's important we forgive. And we're very specific about that. For people who have taken our peace or have messed with it, we need to forgive. We need to forgive them. Now, in some situations, we don't have to let them mess with us and take our peace again. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, if somebody, somebody takes your peace, you forgive them, but that doesn't mean I have to go back and let them mess with me again. Okay? So, you know, you can mess with it, but I don't have to let you. If that makes any, I don't know, sometimes that gets to be a gray area, I think, you know. But I think it's really true, folks. You know, some situations you just got to say, you know what, <laughs> oh, I'll just give you an example. Last night, Mary said, just forget about it. Just forget about it. I'm like, yeah, forget about it. I didn't threaten you. <laughs> you know, but she was right. She was right. You know, just, just don't let them take your peace. You know, don't let them don't let them do that. Forgive them, but 
I'm going to be very careful about how I deal with this person. Very careful. Because my peace is important. And I don't like people messing with it, to be honest with you. So I'm going to be very careful how I have to conduct myself with this person in the future. Okay? But I still have to forgive. Because I don't want to lose my peace. I don't want to lose it. So, you know, Christmas, it's a great time. I hope I haven't messed yours up too much. But, no. But, you know, it's a celebration, and I think we should celebrate, and I think we should enjoy the season. But, boy, remember, remember, it's a season. It's a celebration. The most important thing is to know the Prince of Peace and to have that peace in our heart. That's the most important thing. So when I get to March and April and May, I still got peace. I'm still joyful. I can still celebrate. You know, I don't have to lose it just because, oh, the season's over. I don't have to, I don't have to get the blues because, oh, now it's January. You know, no, the peace is within us. We're going to close this morning with a, a special song. Um, Aaliyah is going to come and share with us. So Aaliyah is one of Mary's students over at Elmwood. And so Aaliyah is going to come and she's going to sing Silent Night, I think. That was what I thought I was told. <laughs> Am I right? Okay. Okay, she's going to come and she's going to share Silent Night with us. And then I'm going to come back up and I'm going to close. Hey. 
Savior is born. Thank you, Aaliyah. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you loved us enough to send your only son to this earth so that we might be reconciled back to you. We thank you that we can receive the Prince of Peace within us, that that spirit can be within us so that no matter what happens, we can have your peace. Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, be with us as we depart and and we go to various activities and celebrations and, and enjoy the season. But Lord, most of all, help us to know you. Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, I just pray if there's anyone that doesn't know you, Lord, that they might receive you this day. Lord, we thank you for that. If anyone has a need for prayer, Lord, just encourage them to come up and let Tom and Pam pray with them after the service. Lord, just be with us now in all that we do. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.